0: On this Thanksgiving episode of Big Drive Energy, we look back at 2021 and give thanks to all the things that golf gave us, from Tiger Woods returning to swinging a club just recently to the Brooks versus Bryson rivalry the entire year. 2021 was a great year for golf, and we give thanks to it all. All right, let's tee it up.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike (laughs) any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
0: What is up, everyone? Welcome in to this special Thanksgiving edition of Big Drive Energy. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and an official betting partner of the NFL. I am your host, Spencer Smith, a.k.a. Big Drive Spence, here with my little brother and friend and partner in crime since we were, since we were born, really. Since he was born, we were, we were always close. Mitchell Smith, what is up, brother? How are you? um, what, what, uh, what's your week looking like? What's your week looked like? I know we're headed up to Nebraska this week for a little family Thanksgiving, you know, Nebraska, not much better in the United States, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's the best state to fly over in America. That's for sure. Um, now my week's been good. Just, just a little bit of work, just dabbling, you know, it's not, it doesn't look like summer. Well, it kind of does look like fucking summer outside, unfortunately. Cause it's been 70 degrees every day and golf courses are packed, which is awesome, but it's just weird. Like I want to, I've been trying to get into listening to Christmas music and I just can't, like, I, I don't know if I can wrap my head around it when I look outside and it's sunny and 70 degrees. Like I, I just can't get into the vibe, uh, which is kind of disappointing. I'd like to see a little bit of snow. And also I know our course needs it. I know a lot of other golf courses need it. So I would like, to see some moisture sooner than later but no the week's been good um what did we do did we go to a broncos we well we went to the eagles game that was last sunday the broncos got a w this weekend with their bye week so that was nice they did Uh, not lose they did not lose which i consider a win which i chalked that up to as a w for denver at this point um yeah, other than that, nothing too crazy. Like Spencer said, we're heading up to Omaha, just south of Omaha for Thanksgiving. And then we're going to the Iowa Hawkeyes and Nebraska Huskers uh, football game Friday. We're big Hawkeyes fans. We're originally our dad's side of the whole, our whole dad's side of the family's from Iowa. So we're big Hawk fans. And it's gonna be a good time. I'm gonna be buckled. We did play a little bit of golf today. Like I only played five holes and I had two vodka cranberries and I was just I texted Spencer like half hour later I was like dude I'm hammered it was just the weirdest happening I I didn't know what what transpired I don't know if I got drugged or what but I got kind of wasted after two vodka cranberries so that that took me by surprise
0: I think but the, be- the golf
1: you're oh, becoming go
0: soft you're be- you're becoming soft and and.
1: And I don't think I don't think. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely becoming one of those, but I don't think soft's one of them because I have been hitting it probably too hard. The holidays always get me. Um, and then we go to games all the time and I'm always drinking and it is what it is. You know, it's just the life that I live. I'm a degenerate drinking golfer, gambler, golfer, all of the above. So what are you going to do? You know, just live the lifestyle, enjoy it and this is my favorite time of year if, if it was a little bit colder and we didn't have 200 people on the tee sheet every day in in the middle of November, late November, so. Yeah. What about good. you, brother? How how you been doing?
0: Good, dude. It was nice to play a little golf with you today. Uh, it was super I hit it
1: I hit it like an absolute clown. Which isn't shocking because I haven't really played any golf we played once in Dallas, but other than that, I haven't played since kind of the beginning of October. So I I didn't have high expectations and I still think I, I fell short of those expectations.
0: Yeah. You're, you were all time on the club throws today and the, and the um, incorrect.
1: No, that's not the right word. The. Or the club let goes, like I don't throw it. I just let go of it.
0: No, you're definitely a club let go guy, and your <clears throat> inconsistent contact was hilarious today. It was the clunkiest shit I think I've ever heard. So,
1: yeah, I was hitting it all over the club face. There was a few times where I don't even think I got it on the club face. So, yeah, that was a that was a real treat. Um, I didn't anticipate playing golf, and we, I, I mean, I really don't plan on playing golf again until January. But we do have Spencer's bachelor party coming up in January, which we do plan on playing a few rounds. So I, I can't totally embarrass myself there. Um, I'm sure I will one way or the other, whether it's golf or uh, drinking or whatever, but um, it, I I can't let my game just go down the absolute shitter. You know, I, I kind of have to keep it together one way or the other. So I might need to hit some balls at some point. Uh, although I'm, I'm not a huge fan.
0: One, one thing I've noticed, I don't know if it's the same for you. Um, I don't golf a ton, you know, as much as I would love to uh, during the summer, especially when it's nice out and stuff like that. But as much I, as you
1: would love to,
0: as much as I would love to play golf every day. Like people think <laughs> we do. Oh, you're a golf pro. You just play golf every day. That's the worst fucking question ever. Next. Um, no, we don't. We work at a golf course. You don't, work at your law firm and get up and try to solve law problems. The second you're done with work, like you want to go home. Same for us. Golf is fun. Golf is our lives. But when we want to go home, we want to go home. That's besides the point. My point was is like, I feel like when I take some time, like legitimately fully off of golf, not like, Oh, I played once this week or played a couple times, hit some balls. Like when I take like three to four weeks and don't even like know where my clubs are, Uh, And then I come back. I feel like I'm really good the first time and not like not like straight up good, but just like hitting really quality golf shots like the short game is not really there. The putting's never there for me, which is a thing. But, you know, I just feel like some of the golf, the quality of golf shots I hit when I'm back to it, when I'm not like overanalyzing what I've been doing the last week or whatever. I feel like sometimes a refresh and just like a reset is good for your golf game. What do you
1: think about that? Oh, I totally agree. And I know there is a handful of guys that um, play out at our course that I talk to and they're like, yeah, I put the clubs away, like flat out. I don't look at them from this date to this date." And I think that's healthy. Even PGA tour players, they take time off and they make sure they take time off and it's different because it's your job, not a hobby. But I, if you get way too down in the depths of golf, you're eventually going to hit like a low point and you're going to have to reset somehow. So taking a break, I think is a great thing. But my thing is, is when you go out back on the course, like I did today and I only played five holes or yeah, five holes. um, You just don't have an expectation. You don't, you don't go out there. You're like, Oh, I'm going to swing it. So well, you, you kind of temper your expectations and that makes it more fun. And then if you hit some good shots, you're like, damn, I didn't know I had that in me. Like, I didn't think I could, or I didn't think I would hit a shot like that today, you know? So, it's kind of a win-win, and you get a little time off, and then uh, the snow flies and everything, and it takes a little while, but then you're like, oh, man, I want to get back into it. I want to start swinging again. Um, And it's just kind of like any sport, and I don't want to get real deep here right off the hop, but when people make their kids play sports year-round, it's so easy to get burnt out. And that is such an issue anymore where kids play sports, a single sport the entire year. And like, what do you think they're, do you think they're going to enjoy themselves by the time they're 18, 17? But I, I don't know. That's just me. I, I don't think that doing something year round every day, it can make you good, but there also has to be the passion aspect of it. And You can definitely lose some passion for the game if you're playing 12 months out of the year, in my opinion, so. Yeah, well, I think
0: golf is this one sport where it takes such meticulous over and over practicing, you know, it's so, um, my words are just not here today. Uh,
1: repetitive. Repetitive. Um,
0: and uh, what's that word when you like try to, when you're just like doing something over and over again and you can't repetition. do Repetition no, but you can't do it fast, but you tedious. That's the word.
1: Tedious
0: golf practice is so tedious because, and it's like not fun. Like, I mean, it's fun to practice golf sometimes, especially when you're hitting it well and you're feeling good, but it's not like fun hitting range balls. Isn't always like fun, you know, especially when you're have played enough golf to make that not fun. Like a lot of new, new players to the game. They love hitting range balls. They love seeing how far they can hit it. All that. That's great. That's what, what gets people into the game, but actually really being good at golf and meticulously practicing is so boring. And it's not like basketball where, Hey, like, yeah, you can go out and shoot and that's whatever, but really practicing being good at basketball is playing with a team or running fives at the gym, which is always fun. You know, you got other people around like golf, you're just grinding kind of by yourself or with somebody kind of watching you, or you can make competitions and stuff, but most of the time golf practice is just lonely. And it's meticulous and you're, you're just constantly doing the same thing over and over again, just trying to perfect it. And it can be, it can be like, it can burn you out quick. And I think, you know, we don't hear a ton of stories like this because they don't matriculate into stories, but I feel like a lot of golfers there, there could be a lot, there could be guys out there that just can't stand golf anymore that are in their early twenties that were one day thought they're going to be on the PGA tour, had college scholarships and all that. And just straight up quit on it because it's that meticulous and and it's so hard and it is so hard to be good at and so hard to be you know good at every single little aspect which you have to be you can't just be good at one thing you know a lot of other sports people can get away get away with being good at one thing and I'm not hating on other sports I love watching them as much as anything but golf you really if you want to make it to the pros like you can't just be really fast you know, you can't just be yeah, really you have strong. To be
1: well, you have to be well-rounded. And there is strengths and weaknesses to your game, but there can't be a glaring weakness in anyone's game that makes it on the PGA Tour. You know, they have to be pretty good at everything. And from the opposite side of it, I know we're going kind of way in on this, but you, it also kind of makes it exciting because then you can practice everything and not get sick of it versus – you know, you're a wide receiver. What do you do? You run routes all day. You catch the ball all day. You know, there's not a lot of, um, diversity in in your job, but with golf, you got to chip, you got to putt, you got to do physical stuff. You got to go over your yardage book. There's, there's a lot of different aspects to it. So you can kind of, it depends on how you look at it, but yeah, taking a break to wrap this whole fucking tangent we just went on. Um, up a little bit. Taking a break from golf is not a bad thing at all. I think once you get to a certain point, if you're just getting better and then you quit playing, you will lose whatever you had. So that's kind of the the challenge is finding that sweet spot of doing it enough but still feeling like when you get out there that you want to be out there. And that's that's essentially what it comes down to is is having the want to be out there and wanting to practice and wanting to get better and not just going through the motions, you know?
0: Exactly. All right. Well, so one, we're off the rails already, but let's bring it back to basically what uh, we wanted to talk about today. And and given that it's Thanksgiving week, happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys out there. Hope you're enjoying time with your family um, and getting some good food, but we're basically, we wanted to go over some things that we're thankful for in, in golf in the last year and what's made this sport so great and continues to, to grow, not only in the, on the PGA tour with uh, next year, a ton of the purses are going up, which, you know, it's, it, it just makes it more fun for competition. Cause a lot of guys are going to, going to push for a lot more tournaments, try to make a lot more money, but just some things that we're thankful for in the game of golf or just thankful for in general. So uh, why don't you start it off, Mitch? What do, you, what do you got? What are you thankful for from this year of 2021 from golf? Um,
1: I would say one of my favorite things that came to mind when we brought up this topic was uh, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship and kind of bursting back onto the scene out of nowhere uh to be the oldest player to ever win a major. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Big facts guy. Uh, I, I just think he's so good for the game, and he's kind of – he's not Tiger's equal, but he's kind of Tiger's Robin to his Batman. And just to see him come out – like I said, come out of nowhere and play so well at such, such an iconic venue out at Kiowa um, was such a cool deal, and he's still riding it. You see him on social media talking about his PGA Championship win still and all that. But I think it's great, and he's just so good for the game of golf because he's one of the few players like Tiger that gets non-golf fans interested in golf. And I think we've gotten to the point where, I mean, you can never have too many golf fans, but we've, we we the, these last couple of years have brought enough people to the game of golf where we don't need more fans. But still, I think it's cool when guys like that that are just iconic athletes, like, I think Phil Mickelson is looked at generationally. Like you talk to somebody who never watches any golf and you ask him who Phil Mickelson is, like, oh, yeah, I know who he is, you know. Um, and most of the guys in golf, you don't know their name if you don't watch golf. Even Colin Morikawa, who we'll get into later, um, he is probably the best player in the world over the last two years. And there is a lot of people, I guarantee you, you just anybody random off the street, you're like, who's Colin Morikawa? They're like, I have no clue. So he is one of the guys that's kind of transcended golf and become an athlete and just a name in and of himself to the point where him winning a major and doing it in the fashion he did was pretty iconic. So I, I really did enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that's cool about Phil Mickelson is he's never been – I mean, he's been the best player in the world at time to time. He's won a lot of tournaments. His, his entire career is going to be overshadowed by Tiger Woods but the more we talk to like members of the course or just other dudes, like Phil is one of their favorite all time golfers. And especially like the um, uh, baby boomer crowd, like the 50, 60 year old crowd, like they, whatever, whatever their opinion is on Tiger Woods outside of the golf course is not really, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but, and that may have an effect on them for instance, but overall, I think, if you're asking, you know, Phil Mick, like asking older people who their favorite golfer is and who they're, you know, who they're rooting for week in and week out. I think Phil Mickelson's that guy. And Phil Mickelson has got he, he's stepping up his Twitter game like big time. Um, and so he tweeted because uh, he saw. So we'll hop right in real quick uh, to my thing I'm thankful for. And as we saw, Tiger Woods is swinging a golf club again. Took the world by storm with Twitter, and it's got to be so fun. I don't know if he has like a social
1: media manager, but oh, I'm sure he does. He's not tweeting that shit himself.
0: Yeah, well, so he tweets making progress two days ago, swinging a golf club. He's got uh, a, one of those long, like braces, not braces, but like sleeves, just, just a sleeve on his entire right leg. Uh, and it looks and it, like
1: Nicole Jokic out there.
0: It's currently sitting at uh, seven point three million views and took the entire w- golf world by storm. I, d- I don't know if I saw any non like golfer that I follow on Twitter, any golfer, professional golfer that's not Tiger Woods, obviously, tweeting about it, about it. So, and Tiger Woods is the goat. He's like Tom Brady. He if he comes back and wins again somehow. People are going to be like, I don't. They, it doesn't make any sense how he does it. And Tiger, I think we've said this before, but Tiger's the one that really got me into golf and got, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one on this planet. I'm sure there's a lot of kids our age, guys our age that uh, grew up watching Tiger Woods play and just watching him dominate like every tournament he played in for multiple years in a row and have an insane win percentage. But kind of relating it back to Phil Mickelson, Phil uh, saw the video and he tweeted uh, this was a couple days ago. He tweeted uh, as I'm hanging in Montana, it's great to see Tiger swinging a club again. I know he can't stand me holding a single record, so I'm guessing he wants to be the oldest ever to win a major. I'll just say this, bring it. And this was kind of one of the, you know, before we got into different rivalries in the game of golf that we see nowadays, like Tiger and Phil was like the ultimate rivalry. And there was clearly always a better player in it, which makes it not as fun of a rivalry. It's kind of like Michigan, Ohio state, you know, you want it, you want Phil to win, you want Michigan to win, but Ohio state just dominates every single year. Um, but I know Tiger and Phil are really good friends and they really push each other. And I think between the two of them, they really cover the widest spectrum of fans in the game of golf, like just about it. I mean, everybody knows who Tiger Woods is. Everybody knows who Phil is, but you either root for both of them or, or one or the other, I think they're kind of opposite characters in the world of golf.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's what makes them polarizing. And it's just kind of, like I said, the perfect uh, Batman and Robin kind of duo, where I think Phil understands his backseat, if you would say, because he is competing with the best golfer, uh, arguable, arguably, to ever do it. I mean, I think that Jack's overall record still is better than Tiger's, but uh, whatever. That's here, nor, neither here nor there. But just Phil being able to still be a top 10 player ever, at least, maybe top eight you know he's he hasn't been like thrown or like intimidated by tiger he still goes out gets his wins does his thing has what six majors now I want to say five six yeah I think he has six majors um but in in the best era of golf ever where golf keeps improving and players get better and better uh he is like I said or like we were just saying one of the best players ever and definitely second best in this generation behind Tiger Woods. So I just like the fact that he didn't get like super intimidated and there's obviously still a bunch of money to be had and everything being the second best, but it's got to be somewhat defeating going out there knowing that he, Phil is like fairly clearly the second best in his generation, but then there's a wide gap between him and Tiger Woods. Like, Tiger has more than double the majors Phil has, which has to be somewhat of a hit to his ego. But at the same time, he's brought a bunch of entertainment and a bunch of um, great laughs and just a lot of fun golf shots and electric rounds, you know, the list goes on. But he's brought so much to the game of golf, which is so cool to see. And that's why I, I really did enjoy him winning that major because he was just basking in it, like just unapologetically into it. You know, he was all about it. Uh, Like I said, still tweeting about it, like just today, tweeting about it again. So uh, that was one of my other things that I, I was pretty thankful for in the game of golf this year. Yeah. So
0: as we're talking about things that we are thankful for uh, something that all of us can be thankful for are, Free bets at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So this Thursday, Turkey Day, DraftKings is putting a no-brainer bet out there for you. Once again, DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Turkey Day no-brainer. All you have to do is bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game. We've got uh, Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton in the morning games. Should be a riot.
1: What a matchup.
0: Bears-Lions, you can bet on that game. Uh, You can bet on the Saints-Bills game later at night. And all that you need to do is bet $1. And if your either team scores, which, you know, in the Bears – Lions game, you might want to stay away from that one that if there was ever an NFL game where neither team would score, that might be it. So just take my betting advice. I am. I am a sharp. I'm a self-proclaimed sharp at betting. So you might want to stay away from the Lions Bears game, but there definitely be some points put up by Trevor Simeon and Josh Allen in that night game uh, when the Colts or excuse me, the uh, Buffalo Bills face the New Orleans Saints. And so all you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code DNVR, and you're going to get $100 in free bets on a $1 bet if you place a bet on Thanksgiving and either team scores in the game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code DNVR. Promo code DNVR, Thanksgiving, DraftKings Sportsbook, as always, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Mitchell, what is something else that you're thankful for in this past year
1: in golf? Um, another thing I am thankful for is the PGA Tour enticing and um, – What's the word? God dang. Uh, encouraging. Monetizing. Monet, yeah, of. monetizing. And uh, yes, uh, it'll come to me. I might just spew it out at any point, but uh, monetizing social media interaction with pga Tour players. And um, what? It, oh, God damn. It's right there. Anywho, the fact that they set aside, which was $40 million this year, insane. Um, they moved it up to 50 this upcoming year they've set aside 50 million dollars for uh i think it's called the it's not the pip uh it's it's something interaction program it's the if i don't know i don't remember but they've moved it to 50 million dollars and basically the it's where where the guys get paid for interacting on Twitter and Instagram and, and being like a, a voice of golf and being a face of golf. And I, I think that is just the coolest thing ever because obviously athletes, as us as normal people, want to see insight into their everyday lives and their interactions with fellow tour pros and their their daily routines and things like that. And in all honesty, the European Tour does a lot better job of bringing guys' personalities out with their YouTube channel and and just doing extra videos. And I think the PGA Tour kind of needs to take a page out of the European Tour's book in doing that, but just making the the players more personalities than golfers, you know what I mean? And I feel like even 10 years ago, outside of Tiger and Phil, you really didn't know a whole lot about random pg tour players and now you can find them on social media and kind of follow them and and see what their life was like and what they did growing up and where they're at now and and if they like to go out and drink the night before a tournament or they like to stay in you know there you can kind of get a vibe for how guys live and that that makes you it's just like a youtube channel with some random fucking devin dobrik or whoever the hell it is like i David Dobrik, David, Dave Dobeck. Um, I don't know. Dobek. There's all these, yeah, Dale Dobek. There's all these YouTube stars that aren't even good at anything. And they just become famous because the people feel like they're kind of a part of their lives and they do relatable stuff and to bring golfers into that. And they're like, these are tour guys who are just like you and I, you know, they make them more relatable that way. So I'm super thankful for that because I love the Twitter interactions. I love the the beef back and forth, like Bryson and Brooks and all that. And and at the end of the day, it's putting money in their pockets, so it's a win win. But I I do think that is kind of the next step into growing golf is making everything more relatable for for people like you and I. You know, not and not even you and I, but just your average amateur golfer. It's it really does move the needle with making things a little more inclusive, let's say. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And kind of piggybacking off of that for me is I'm thankful for um, it's still not where it needs to be. If you're a diehard golf fan, you listen to this podcast and you watch a lot of golf, you know this very well that uh, PGA Tour and professional golf in general is still not televised enough. It's still not like pushed enough to get the viewership and get the growth that it ultimately deserves. And, and I think it's, it's moving in the right direction. Um, but we tweeted this out from our account the other day, and I, I just want to play it on the pod because uh, there's no, there's no video here. Well, obviously there's no video on the podcast, um, but this is uh, one of our favorite tour pros in terms of talking crap to himself in Tyrrell Hatton. So I'm going to play the video here. This is basically Tyrrell Hatton on the European Tour hitting a god-awful golf shot. Um, this is from DP World Tour on Twitter. We retweeted it, so if you want to go check it out, follow us at dnvr underscore golf on Twitter. But here's a little clip, a uh, 30-minute clip, 30-second clip, excuse me, of Tyrrell Hatton talking shit to himself after he hits a less-than-ideal golf shot.
1: Club thrill. You
0: know, that so he he goes first of all he goes that was disgusting um he go, <laughs> i think my favorite line uh this is per- the club throw is perfect uh what a strike that is and then he goes that deserved to actually be plugged and never seen again <laughs> like this is what makes golf so much more relatable is that when you see shots like that and people talking like that and because we all hit shots like that every day, whether it's the professionals, whether it's us on the course, whether it's you on the course shooting 95, having a good time with your buddies on a Sunday morning, drinking some beers. And I think making the game of golf more relatable will enhance it to grow. I think those go hand in hand with the players being, you know, 26, 27, 28 year olds that are famous, but they're also like, it's just like in basketball, if somebody airballed a shot and, and you're not like pissed off about it, but then they like laugh or like they joke about like their whole bench is just laughing. Just at not person. taking
1: themselves too seriously.
0: Exactly. And that's what will help grow, you know, help grows the game and help grows, gr- helps grow. <laughs>
1: the vi- help grows.
0: Help grows viewership.
1: Sheesh. But no, I I do. I do totally agree with you there. Like, like I said, it's just another thing that makes golf more relatable for these guys, you know, and for everybody, for for you and I, because we say the same shit all the time. Like, oh, my God, that was fucking tragically bad. That's criminally bad. Just it, it doesn't put these guys in a bubble like, oh, my God, they're so good. They never hit a bad shot because it's not reality. You know, they do play bad. They do go through rough stretches and it just makes, like I said, makes golf more relatable to the everyday human being, because that is golf and life in a nutshell. You have good days, you have bad days. So yes, I also, I love that. Terrell Hatton is so fucking electric on the mic. There's other videos you can find of him and there's guys that are more reserved than others and that's fine. You know, that's kind of like Tiger versus Phil. Tiger is a little more buttoned up, and, and Phil kind of lets it fly a little bit, which you can appreciate both, but the personality is what makes your name more than anything. You know, there's, there's guys like, I mean, Max Homa. He's won a few times on tour, and don't get me wrong, he's a great player. But he's really – actually, I would say he's made m- much more of a name for himself on social media. Which is kind of insane, you know, to have an athlete, uh, a millionaire athlete who's bringing down quite a bit of dough, make more of a name for themselves, out, like, besides what they're doing on the golf course or the, the basketball court or whatever. I mean, it's, it's virtually unheard of. So the PGA Tour, just u- utilizing social media to their benefit, I think, is is one of the best things they've done. And like you said, like the blackouts don't make any sense, but there's blackouts everywhere. There's, there's basketball games blacked out. There's hockey games blacked out. I think one of the only non-blacked out sports that exists is football because if you have NFL Sunday Ticket, you can literally watch anything that you want to watch, you know, and there's no this or that. There's no, oh, you can only watch it here kind of thing. Like if you have Sunday Ticket, you can watch it anywhere. So maybe golf needs to start doing that. Maybe hockey needs to start doing it. Well, and I think they have that. I think hockey has that. Maybe just it's just golf. Maybe they need to start doing that and literally providing you channels to be able to watch every single golf tournament every single week, no matter what tour that's televised. You know, And I, I really think that that would grow the game because like we were talking about last week, there's guys in the top 100 in the world you've never seen on tv before and there's thousands of really really good professional golfers like super fucking good that have never seen tv but like i said there's guys in the top 100 in the world that you see them and you're like who the hell are you you know so just getting eyes on those guys and and creating more uh personalities out on tour and creating more um relatable scenarios, I think is, is going to push golf in the right direction because it is such a a barrier to entry sometimes with golf that people are afraid to do it. So just making everybody like, Oh yeah, that looks fun. Oh, that's, that's funny. You know, Uh, just pushing everybody in that kind of direction. Maybe I'm, I'm just rambling because I've had a few cocktails, but you're picking up what I'm putting down, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And bringing the personalities into it, kind of segues me into another thing that I'm thankful for in this past year. And it was uh, the Brooks and Bryson whole debate feud, if you will, no matter how fake it now seems, um, unless they just truly got over their differences at the Ryder cup and just in general. Uh, But the things like that, rivalries in sports, rivalries make sports better and golf. There's not really rivalries, you know, there's, you can't really have a, a ton of rivalries in golf because you're playing against a course and against a different field every single week. And, and it's not like there's two players that match up every week and play each other and match play. And it's tough, you know, and that's why these matches, like, I'm so thankful that the, the, the match, you know, I think we're on the match five coming up between Brooks and Bryson uh, this coming Friday, actually in at the wind club in Las Vegas, but their rivalry is truly given pe- given the people something to talk about. And, and it's true. It's a question you can be like, Hey, Brooks or Bryson, and you're going to get the same answer from most people, but it, it's truly created a rivalry in a game that doesn't really have that. And doesn't really foster rivalries. You know, like we just talked about tiger, Phil semi rivalry, but how many tournaments were they one two and playing on the back nine with each other within two strokes of each other to win a tournament. You know, it maybe happened once if that, uh, so the Brooks Bryson rivalry has really created a a good talking point for the game of golf, and also just bringing more inclusion to it. More people love to have, speak on that topic, and you know, the older we've gotten, and the more sports shows, sometimes nonsense sports shows, we've gotten. You kind of just got to have hot takes, or be loud, or be um, you know exciting to be popular, and uh, Stephen A. Smith is yeah. a perfect example of that. And then, you know, Br- Brooks and Bryson are their top, you know, top players in the world, but they're, they they do not show up and win every tournament. They're not dominant, but they're, they're a little budding rivalry and talking shit to each other. Stuff like that has created a buzz around them and a more of a buzz around the game of golf. So, um, why don't we kind of segue that into, uh, previewing the match, uh, that coming up this week, Friday, Brooks and Bryson, the wind golf
1: club, who you got? 12 holes. Um, Well, I I think I got to take Bryson because he only stays interested for around 12 holes. So as long as he's interested for the first 12, that's all he's got to play. So I, I do like Bryson and I am a Bryson fan going kind of back to what you said. It is a polarizing topic in golf, which is good for golf. You know, there's been years where, I don't want to say boring guys, but kind of, you know, your stereotypical golfer goes out and wins tournaments and nobody really wants to talk about it. So the fact that these guys have what they have between, you know, like you said, how real it is or whatever and who really gives a shit because it's it's almost like WWE a little bit. Who really cares if it's fake because people love it and it's, it's kind of maybe an act job. It may not be an acting job because I think there's definitely a part of, of Bryson and Ann Brooks that just genuinely don't like each other because they're so different. But it, it is a lot of fun just to, to watch and debate over because there's, there's likability to both of them, which makes it exciting. Uh, overall, I will be rooting for Bryson Friday. And by the way, we haven't talked about this, but just got to drop this in there real quick. Um, he just signed a full bag deal driver all the way down to the putter. Dude, you fucking, just said, bro, you just said Bryson twice. And I think you were talking about Brooks. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Bryson? Yeah. i are talking to
0: everybody up here. I was like, why is he oh. such, he's acting like he's a Bryson guy all of a
1: sudden? Is this a big, Oh, Bryson? did I just say, Bry- <laughs> no, well, their, their names are similar enough. They both have a, a B and an R and a whatever. Yeah. My fault. Um, Brooks, I'm rooting for Brooks. I want to make that evident. Uh, Brooks signed a full bag deal with Cleveland tricks on. And for those of you who are not familiar, it is a brand. I think they're based out of California, but they've been around for a while. Like we've, we, you and I have played Cleveland wedges, or I, I haven't played them recently, but I think my first legit set of wedges when I bought them were Cleveland's back in 2012. So, I mean, it's, it's been a while, you know, 2011, maybe 2010, it, it's been over around a decade or so. Uh, but Cleveland wedges have constantly put out one of the best products there is. They're always top cheddar when it comes to their wedges, They're even their irons, and then Cleveland and Shrixon um, paired up, and I think Shrixon bought Cleveland out maybe. I I can't even give you a a good ballpark of when they got bought out, but Cleveland got bought out by Shrixon, and they kind of combined forces because Shrixon's a Japanese brand that Hideki Matsuyama plays, Uh, but they combined together, and now – Brooks is going to have them driver all the way through putter in the bag because he was a equipment free agent out on tour these last couple years. I want to say so the fact that he's committing to that brand is pretty shocking, honestly, and it's a big get for them. Like we tweeted out, I think those are almost the exact words we tweeted out. Uh, but a big get for Cleveland Tricks on because their their most notable guys on tour are. Um, Graham McDowell, Shane Lowry, Hideki Matsuyama, I think Russell Knox, but they don't have any really mainstay names, you know, in their stable. So Brooks is going to be the first guy to kind of put them out there. I mean, Hideki Matsuyama just won the Masters, don't get me wrong, but he's much larger in other countries than he is in America, in my opinion. So uh, I think Brooks is going to put them on the map huge. And I can only imagine what the fuck Cleveland tricks on paid him uh, to play their clubs. But there is a lot of money for those of you who don't know, there's a lot of money to be had all over a golfer's body with their shirts, um, with their hats, their logos, the, uh, the logo on the bag, the clubs they play. That is all a marketing um, hotbed for golf. You know, if, you can make an extra five, $10 million a year plus, depending on who you're playing and the brands you're wearing stuff like that. So the fact that Brooks did commit to a Cleveland shirts on was, I thought was pretty cool because it's just not a Callaway or a TaylorMade or a Titleist, you know, it's, it's a little bit off the beaten path. So I, I really do think that was pretty cool too.
0: Yeah. And I saw from Brooks that he said he, he's going to end up playing all their clubs. So uh, for some of you guys that don't know, tour players have contracts. Don't necessarily play every single club from that company. They they have to hide it with those head covers or whatever. There's a lot of rules that go into that. But uh, he he started playing their irons in January, and I think he was just sold on the product in general, um, and ended up deciding to go with them full time, which is cool. A great get for Cleveland. They they are they've got to be stoked over there about that because that's going to bring their brand a huge. I mean. People literally come in and buy Bridgestone balls at the pro shop because it's the tiger ball and Brooks has, is gaining some of that appeal and could end up bringing Trickson Cleveland up into a different level and to not like the, you know, he could bring them up to that Callaway Taylor made titleist level um, with his, his partnership with them. Uh, just a, a few couple quick notes on this match Friday, like Mitchell said, it's a 12 hole, 12 uh, hole match play. Uh, 1v1 and this is the first match that doesn't include on the golf course Phil Mickelson who we just talked about um, but he will be in the booth commentating and mic'd up as well as Charles Barkley so that should make for some electric content and it's going to start at 2 4 p.m eastern time 2 p.m mountain time for those of you in Colorado and right now the odds are just straight up they're just it's minus 110 minus 110 for both guys so uh, they've been really doing a lot, of, a lot of stuff to promote it. Bryson was hitting balls at uh, Big Brooks Cup cutout, so they've generated a lot of interest in these. And I think these are something that are just going to continue to take off. Uh, this was the first sport that we ever got back in the middle of COVID and quarantine, and and with this format, you know, with Peyton and and Tom and uh, Mickelson's been in every one of these. Like I said, then playing with Bryson and Brady again and Aaron Rodgers, so. Uh, it's going to be a fun match to watch. Friday is going to be a fun day to be able to sit down. Uh, You're kind of taking a day off of football and you can get some, get some golf in some one-on-one content with uh, mics everywhere. And, you know, listen to what the players say. I'm sure there's going to be some great trash talk. So definitely (coughs) something to look forward to this Friday on black Friday.
1: Oh yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. We are not going to be able to watch it live because we will be at the the huskers hawkeyes game but we will definitely watch a replay of it and have our full um, reactions and everything next pod 100 percent.
0: so i think you want to get into um, a little congratulations this is in order for a guy we mentioned earlier on the pod uh, our friend of the program rk ryan konigsberg dnvr broncos dnvr content specialist uh, his guy Uh, He's coined him his guy. He's rode with him since he, before he started winning Colin Morikawa.
1: Yeah. He, so he won the uh, race to Dubai, which is the European tour equivalent of the FedEx cup. And it is a little bit of a different setup. And I think it caught a lot of people off guard because uh, he only played in three technical European tour sanctioned uh, events this year. So but the, the difference is, is majors apply to the European Tour uh, Race to Dubai and WGCs also apply. So his technical earnings in the Race to Dubai were like 7 million euro or I think that's the universal uh, currency over there or semi-universal. Um, but he earned almost 7 million Euro over on technically, quote unquote, the European tour, although it was including the majors where he won the British Open and then he also finished second in AWGC. So he had some other wins outside of technically the European tour, but he did play very, very well this week or this last week over in Dubai to walk up the race to Dubai. And it, it, I think it did have some Europeans upset. And just people from all over, not people, well, golfers, kind of all over the world a little bit upset because you shouldn't be able to play in only three European Tour sanctioned events and win the season-long kind of finale, you know? So it did raise some eyebrows, but the guy has just gone absolutely bonkers since he turned pro. And he's so much fun to watch. And even Eddie Pepperall, one of the best follows on Twitter, golf Twitter, by the way, uh, tweeted. He said, what what I find the, the coolest out of all of it is that he's doing it with his iron play. And we've talked about it multiple times, but he is elite with his irons. And he is, you know, he's good at everything else, but where he really stands out, like where Bryson stands out with distance off the tee. Um, Certain guys are really, really good putters. He stands out with his iron game, which is one of the hardest things to really, really nail and get down uh, consistently. Um, So I I really think that it's just super cool to see him do as well as he has. And I wouldn't call him underrated, but I think he will sooner than later be a household name. Amongst even non golfers, you know, casual golf fans, because all of us as as serious golf fans know who he is and understand what he's accomplished. But uh, him just transcending into the, the world of sports, I think, is is definitely going to be a thing here in the next short while. Yeah, well, I, I
0: saw an interesting stat from I believe it was Golf Digest on Twitter and it was going through. Um, they're they're trying to make it a Tiger versus Colin Morikawa debate, which is kind of silly, but nonetheless. In so they both had sixty start, or they both well, Tiger's well past this now, but Colin Morikawa has sixty starts on the PGA Tour, and this is how they stack up head to head on their first sixty events as pros. So Colin Morikawa has six wins, Tiger has nine, had nine. Uh, Colin Morikawa's got 24 top tens, and Tigers got 36. Colin Morikawa has two majors to Tiger's one. Colin Morikawa has a WGC to Tiger's zero. That stat is a little skewed because WGCs didn't start till I believe 1999 or maybe 2000. So I don't know how many of uh, Tiger's first 60 events there was actually even a WGC. So it could be a little misleading there. Uh, being gaslit to being to being f- thinking that Colin Morikawa is. A better player than Tiger Woods, which we all know isn't true. Collins missed five cuts. I think this is the crazy thing. Tiger, in his first 60 events as a pro, missed one cut. Uh, Their scoring averages Colin Morikawa, 69.4, Tiger Woods, 68.5. And here's the real kicker Um, just goes to show inflation, uh, golf growing. So, Tiger Woods, in his nine wins, 36 top tens with a major and one missed cut. What do you think? I'm gonna play uh, guess guess that number with you. How much how much money did Tiger make in those first
1: 60 starts? This is PGA tour and European tour? Yeah,
0: his first 60 events as a pro, nine wins, 36 top tens, a major, one miscut. How much money? How much earnings? How many uh, earnings? <laughs> um, I'll go 12 million dollars. It's five point nine million dollars. Oh my god. All right, Colin Morikawa. We just went through those stats six wins, 24 top tens, two majors, one WGC, and five missed cuts. How much earnings? Give me the number 33
1: million. 18.4. Oh, okay. So, still though,
0: over three times what Tiger earned in his first 60 starts. So, just goes to show you how much bigger purses are getting, et cetera, et cetera. But
1: I think I was including the FedEx Cup this last year and the uh, last two years. Yeah, I think it was. I, I, I think he's I think I, I kind of I wouldn't say I like sleuthed it out or anything, but I think including the two FedEx Cups, he's over 30 million earned. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just maybe just the events. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. But still, I mean, that's fucking insane. But the and tiger basically is, is responsible for that in a good way. What's that tiger is basically responsible for the purses and where the money is at today. So Colin Morikawa needs to send fucking tiger an edible arrangement or something, because he wouldn't be making near the money he's making without what tiger did, did the, did to the game. So, oh, absolutely. Tiger did that himself. Um, So what we do every
0: episode, we uh, have a segment of Fairway or Four. Uh, First of all, real quick, though, before we get into that, I do want to say one more thing that we here, uh, the Golf Bros, are thankful for, and that's all of you guys that listen, tune in every week, uh, interact with us on social media, on Twitter, et cetera, TikTok. Um, We really appreciate you guys, because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we do and uh, be able to do this podcast. and. And we love tweeting out golf content. We love talking about golf. We love watching golf. It's kind of our lives and you guys make it a lot more fun than sometimes golf can be. It can be a boring sport sometimes. So we just want to say thank you to all of you guys out there that listen. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Tell a friend, tell seven friends, whatever. Um, I think our Our podcast is going, you know, it's been a slow growth. We've been a little over a year doing this um, on the DNBR platform and growing uh, day by day on Twitter, growing our following, growing through any other social media avenues or TikTok has been a fun thing to do. But um, I think we're going into a big spot in this next year or so with uh dnvr expanding in different markets we're going to be doing different things we ran two tournaments this year we plan to do at least two next year in 2022 if not more Um, so thank you all we're we're very thankful for you guys that tune in every week and interact with us Uh, moving on to fairway or four for this week mitchell uh, do you want to start it off so for last week um we had a couple fairway or fours out there that we tweeted out to you guys the people and got your answers um one of yours, Mitchell, was uh, we talked a, bit a little bit about. We went off the golf path and talked a little bit about Mike Trout, uh, Noah Syndergaard now becoming an Angel and having Shoya Yatani, And uh, you had a bold prediction that the Los Angeles—I don't know if it was your prediction, maybe you just was a talking point—that they would make the playoffs in 2022. And we got I did not
1: predict that, but okay, yes, you're... we
0: we got 68 percent four. So the people are on the side on your side. They're. Uh, they're thinking the Los Angeles Angels are not a playoff team in 2022. Um, one of mine was Rory McIlroy is going to win a major in 2022, and that got 74, 74% fairway. So people think Roars is back. He's got a, a notch to win on his belt late this season. He's rounding into form as the PGA Tour season kicks off, and it'll be real interesting to see how he plays the first couple of weeks in Hawaii and see if that prediction can come true. And wearing joggers in golf, was a fairway. Uh, I know you hate that. Um, but the people voted and they, and they said 73% Boo. fairway. So, um, moving into this week, what, uh, what's your first fairway or four for this week? Uh,
1: my first fairway or four has to do with the iconic pseudo brawl that we saw in basketball this week between LeBron and Isaiah Stewart. Um, so LeBron, the aftermath of the whole deal, if you haven't seen it, it's all over social media. Um, I'm not, I can't say I'm not – I, I don't like LeBron anymore. I used to really like him um, when he went back to Cleveland, all of that. But him going to L.A., uh, see, and that's the thing because L.A. is a Western Conference team, so I think naturally as a Nuggets fan, I'm inclined to just not like anybody else in the Western Conference – I didn't really have anything against him when he went to the Heat. Like, it was kind of a a super team type move, whatever. But when he went to the Lakers, I kind of developed this genuine, like, deep dislike for him. And then he's just kind of doubled down on that multiple times and and doing things that just make me dislike him even more. But in the aftermath of the – not a brawl, but – I mean, Isaiah Stewart wanted it to be a brawl. Uh, he, LeBron, only got suspended one game for fucking full-on swinging at Isaiah Stewart's face, whether intentional or unintentional. And Stewart, even though he acted probably not as well as he could have, got two games. So is LeBron getting suspended one, and Isaiah getting suspended two games? Um, is that a fair way or four?
0: I think. Overall, I I think LeBron getting suspended one game is four. Personally, I think he should have gotten maybe one more for that. But I do think that the way Isaiah Stewart reacted to it, I think he deserved more games than LeBron in the end, because you can kind of argue that LeBron, uh, if, if you wear the LeBron glasses, that his action was accidental. Whereas Isaiah Stewart was definitely not accidental running through the tunnel, trying to get to LeBron running, whether that was fake or real running, trying to run through his entire team. So I do think Isaiah Stewart should have gotten more games than LeBron got, but I don't know if the one, two combo is fair. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to pull a Vic Lombardi here, and I'm going to go four-way on that. That's a four-way for me.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing is like LeBron has kind of, I think, Gaslighted people into believing that it wasn't intentional, you know, and that's a gaslight, whatever is a hot top or a hot word, a buzzword, whatever you want to call it. And you could debate that all day long, whether it was intentional or unintentional, but everybody's like, oh, well, how could LeBron do that intentionally, you know, so he's kind of convinced everybody that it was unintentional, but I don't 100% believe that so maybe that's where I kind of, I, I stand there, but I just, LeBron rubs me the wrong way. So I just was hoping he'd get suspended 10 games and honestly, it doesn't matter because the Lakers fucking suck this year anyways. So I uh, really don't care if LeBron's playing or not, because they are going to be a 40 loss team this year and maybe get on the bubble to make the playoffs. So.
0: There you go. I love it. All right. My, both my fairway or fours are Thanksgiving related. So uh, my first one is not, not having turkey at Thanksgiving. What are your thoughts? Now we always do it, but I I was thinking about this today and thinking about what people eat and like, is it just an old tradition that we all fall into? Is turkey even good? Like what's your, what's your, what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I think it's just such a staple that you can't not do it. So I'm gonna have to say four, like it, I would honestly say turkey, if done correctly, is better left over than it is fresh, and it depends on how you cook it. There's so many different ways you can, you can fucking deep fry it, which is kind of disgusting. Um, sounds just, very Alabama. Yeah, just drop a whole fucking turkey in the deep fryer. You can smoke it, uh, which you know that's always an option. Um, that sounds kind of fire. I do. I did buy a Traeger this year, so maybe I'll. I'll fuck around, throw a big old bird on the smoker at some point. I don't have like 16 hours to sit at home while that thing cooks, but uh, maybe I'll find a day. Uh, I don't know, dude. That is that is an age-old question that is so fucking hard. Um, I, would, I think you got to have it, even if it – everybody will eat it at some point, even if they don't like it, so I think you just got to have it. But I I do think that ham has to be included. You have to have a ham. If turkey's... Okay, I'll preface it like this. If turkey's the only protein option, then fuck that. Like, I like turkey. You gotta have ham. You gotta have other options. You know, it can't just be turkey. So, I'm gonna go fairway in the... Or did you say not having turkey on Thanksgiving? Yeah. So, I gotta go four on that. Because I think that you have to have turkey... But it has to be accompanied by other available proteins, in my opinion.
0: Hot. Some hot Thanksgiving food takes from, from the golf
1: bros out here. Mm. Um, okay, so here's another Thanksgiving take for you, or potential hot take. Uh, so our mom makes her own stuffing. She's German. She makes homemade stuffing, the whole bit. Um and it's great. Like it's very, very good, but it's just different. And the box shit is just the stovetop stuffing, in my opinion, is just off the chain. It takes like two minutes to make. And maybe that's what makes it seem like it's not as good because it just is so easy. But fairware four here is is stovetop box stuffing better than your family recipes, homemade stuffing.
0: I'm going to have to say four on that one, dude. I, okay. think I think the homemade stuffing is just made with love. And I will give a shout out to um, Marissa, our new social media manager over at DNVR. We had DNVR Friendsgiving and she put little Smokies into her stuffing. And I I think my life was changed. Um, it was one of the better things I'd ever tasted, just given the fact that there was little Smokies in it. So I'm gonna go with four just because I feel that's like that's almost
1: like a mac and cheese play where you throw hot dogs in there. Like mac and cheese is already pretty good by itself, like stuffing, but then you throw little smokies in there, fucking game changer.
0: <laughs> All right. I know how you feel on this one. I really want to get a vote from people. I really want them to be on my side. I don't ever wash my sports jerseys. I never wear them just straight on my body, so they're not really sweaty. They're not really gross. Um, they definitely do have stains on them, but I think that gives them some character. So, uh, do you think ultimately that's fairway or for not washing your sports jerseys?
1: I think that's fairway. Um, I still have a giant mustard stain on my now hung up permanently Nolan Arenado jersey. Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I guess it, it depends on the vibe because if if they lose and you kind of want to wash away that loss, then I think you got to throw in the washer, especially if it's a little grunge. Um, but if they're on a streak, then absolutely, you ride that shit out. You don't wash that until it's it's gone.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. I think people think it's disgusting, but we're about to find out when we tweet those out and you vote. So make sure you go vote on those next week when we tweet those out. We hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, enjoy football, enjoy Turkey or not Turkey or Turkey and ham, uh, whatever your family decides to do, but we hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the match. We're going to talk about that next week. We're also going to have a guest on from PGA magazine next week. uh, My buddy, Ryan Adams, he'll have some insight on a lot of things PGA tour wise and golf wise. So really excited to get to talk to him next week. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Um, Have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. We will talk to you next week on this episode of Big Drive Energy. Peace.